I want to preach to you just for a few minutes tonight on what I find in the cross. What I find in the cross. And what, what this is designed for, you might want to make some notes, this is to help you. I, I'd mentioned to you that I'd like for you to meditate on the cross and what Christ did through this week. And uh, I hope that this tonight helps you. What I find in the cross. The first thing that I find in the cross is my message. What is my message to others? How do I tell people how to be saved? Look at verse 17. For Christ sent me not to preach the for Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with the wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of none effect. See, to the world the preaching of the cross is foolishness. It's foolishness. So you're telling me that I don't have to do anything to get saved except repent of my sins and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Yes, that's what I'm telling you. I find my message in the cross. People are not saved by their good works. They're not saved by, their, by the church they go to. They're not saved by the family they were born in. And they're certainly not saved by their baptism. They're saved because of the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross. And here's the thing that we have to understand about this verse. If we say that, it, that baptism is required for salvation, it makes the cross of none effect. It's only the blood of Jesus that saves people. That's it. So what I find in the cross, I find my message. And it's so wonderful to have that boldness. I know what the truth is. I have the answer to your problem. Let me tell you what it is. It's the same problem I have. It's sin, and the only hope for us is what Jesus Christ did on the cross. So I find my message. Then number two, I find my peace. I find my peace. Look at Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1, verse 20. Let's start in verse 18. And He is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning the firstborn from the dead, that in all things He might have the preeminence. For it pleased the Father that in Him should all fullness dwell. And having made peace through the blood of His cross by Him to reconcile all things unto Himself by Him, I say whether they be things in earth or things in heaven. And you that were sometime alienated and enemies in your mind, and, and by wicked, or in your mind by wicked works, yet now hath he reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and unblameable and unreprovable in his sight. You know what I find in, in the cross? I find peace. I find peace. Look at what, what the Bible says. I was alienated. I was alienated and an enemy of God. But now I have peace with God. Because of what Jesus Christ did on the cross. I have peace with God through what Jesus Christ did in the flesh. That Son of Man, what He did for us. I find my peace. You know, there are Christians, that, while I mentioned this morning, that some people, I don't think, have an awareness of their sinfulness. Would you all agree with that? And yet there are other people who have a hyper-awareness of their sinfulness. Well, those are two wrong extremes. I have peace with God. I have peace. It's so wonderful to know that Jesus Christ paid for my sin. 
That's what I find in the cross. I find peace. Are you at peace with God? Or are you fighting with God? You know, there are times we fight with God when we're not doing what we ought to be doing. And we need to repent. We need to submit. We need to confess it to Him. It could be that God wants you to do something. It could be God wants you to go to the mission field. It could be that God wants you to be a preacher. It could be that God wants you to teach a class or disciple someone or be discipled. It could be that God has something for you and you're resisting it. Well, you're not going to have peace with God as long as you're not doing what He wants you to do. But you have peace from your sin. You have peace. You're not an alien or an enemy of God. You have peace with Him. It's where I find my message. It's where I find my peace. And it's where I find my power. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 1 again. Verse 18. We read verse 17 a minute ago, but look at verse 18. For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us which are saved, it is the power of God. Would you like to have more power as a Christian? Would you like to have more power in witnessing, more power in living a holy life? You find that power in the cross. You don't find it in your flesh. You know, the, the harder you try, the harder it's going to seem. It's yielding to the power of the cross, the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross, confessing to Him that you need Him, that you're weak, because in our weakness, His strength is made perfect. It's where I find my power. Now, let me ask you this. Do you believe in the power of the cross? Do you believe that? Are you living in the power of the cross, or do you feel like a weak Christian? Do you feel like a weak Christian? What a question. Do you feel strong in the Lord and in the power of His might? Or do you feel weak? Where are you? It's what I find in the cross. I find my message. I find peace. I find my power. Then it's where I find my glory. Look at Galatians chapter 6. Galatians chapter 6. Look at verse 14. But God forbid that I should glory, save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world is crucified unto me, and I unto the world. Let me ask you something. In your life, in your life, is the world crucified to you? Do you, are, do you glory in your, in your family, your job? you glory in your home, your car? you glory in your sports? you glory in your hobbies, glory in your education? What do you glory in? God forbid that I should glory in anything but the cross of Christ. The only worth that I have is that of a as a child of God. Jesus Christ was willing to die for me. Jesus Christ was willing to give me new life and new hope. That's where my glory should be. And yet we're so proud in so many other areas. Our glory needs to be in the cross of Christ. Um, then... So it's where I find my message, my peace, my power, my glory. And it's where I find my unity. It's where I find my unity. Look at Ephesians chapter 2. Verse 16. Um, look at verse 15. Uh, you know what? Let's, uh, I like verse 12. Let's go back to verse 12. That at that time ye were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now, 
in Christ Jesus, ye who sometimes were far off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. So the first form of unity that I have, it's unity with God. I was separated from God by my sin, but now I have unity with Him. I can come nigh to Him by the blood of the cross. Um, I remember my dad talking about how this woman had told him that she didn't like the bloody songs in the songbook. And uh, Laura and I were eating at uh, a little restaurant and we heard this lady who was sitting next to us talking about the songs she plays for church and she won't play any of those bloody songs. She doesn't like them. It's the blood of Christ that gives us our hope. There's no cross without blood. And it's the precious blood of Jesus that washes away, that cleanses us from all sin. So that, that unity with God that, that, that was lost, I had no hope to find it when Jesus Christ came of His own free will and died on the cross that gave me unity with the Father. Then look at verse 14. For He is our peace, who hath made both one and hath broken down the middle wall of partition between us. Now, the middle wall of partition between who? The Jew and the Gentile. There's unity. There's not, there's not Jew and Gentile in the church. They're sons of God. It's not, it's not that we have some Jews and some Gentiles. We are one in Him. It's where I find my unity. Having abolished in His flesh the enmity, verse 15. Even the law of commandments contained in ordinances. For to make in Himself of twain one new man so making peace, and that he might reconcile both unto God in one body by the cross, having slain the enmity thereby, and came and preached peace to you which were afar off, and to them that were nigh. For through him we both have access by one Spirit unto the Father. Now therefore, Ye are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God, and are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ Himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom all the building, fitly framed together, groweth unto an holy temple in the Lord, in whom ye also are builded together for an habitation of God through the Spirit." It's where I have unity with God. It's where I have unity with, between the Jews and the Gentiles. And it's where I have unity with the apostles and with the prophets in the household of God. That's what I find in the cross. What a wonderful thing. It's where I find my message, my peace, my power, my glory, my unity. But it's also where I find my humility. My humility. Look at Philippians. We read it this morning. Philippians chapter 2, and look at verse 8. You know, in verse 5, Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. Verse 8, And being found and fashioned as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. The cross is where I find my humility. Look, if I'm going to be like Christ, I need to be humble. The Bible says God gives grace to the humble, right? But He resists the proud. He resists the proud. Would you rather be resisted by God or would you rather be drawn near to God? Humility. It's humility. 
It's what I find in the cross. Well, boy, if Christ could humble Himself, I ought to be able to. I need to humble myself. I haven't said this in a long time, but Tommy Sexton, um, that's the church my mother-in-law goes to in Florida when they're down there. Um, he said this, you know whether or not you have a servant's heart by how you react when someone treats you like one. How many of you like being treated like a servant? I don't. Was Jesus Christ treated like a servant? He was treated worse than a servant. He humbled himself. So it's where I find my humility. But then I like this one. It's where I find my liberty. It's where I find my liberty. Look at Colossians 2. Look at verse 13. Colossians 2.13, And you being dead in your sins, and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, hath He quickened together with Him, having forgiven you all trespasses. How many trespasses? All of them. All of them. Blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to... What's that next word? His cross. It was His. His cross. Whose cross should it have been? should have been mine. Wow. That's where I find my liberty. See, though, that, those, the handwriting of ordinances that was against me, that's what should have imprisoned me in hell for all eternity. But Jesus Christ took that and nailed it to the cross. And what happened to me? I get to go free. I'm free to live. I'm free to love. I'm free to serve. I'm free to live for Him. I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself for me. I don't live for myself anymore. I live for Him. I'm free to do that. That's what I find in the cross. It's where I find my liberty. But then it's where I find my motivation. It's where I find my motivation. How do I live for the next day? How do I know what to do for the rest of my life? Look at Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. Verse 1. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. So this cloud of witnesses, this is all of the people that have just been talked about in Hebrews chapter 11. Uh, uh, this great cloud of witnesses. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before Him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is, set, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Now look, Jesus Christ says for the joy that was set before Him, He sat down at the right, he, he, he endured the cross and is now set down at the right hand of the throne of God. That's my motivation. Jesus Christ was willing to endure all of that for me. Why? So that I could run. So that I could run. Do you think Jesus Christ died on the cross so that you could sit? Seriously, is there a difference between sitting and running? I think so. Let me ask you, are you sitting or are you running? 
Are, are you encumbered with weight? Are you encumbered with sin? Are, are, you, are you hindered by your own lack of motivation? We find our motivation in the cross of Christ. Jesus Christ, the Bible says, set his, his uh, eye like a, he set himself as a flint, just straight for the cross. Nothing got in the way. Wow. Wow. I'll tell you what, you've got to walk in the Spirit to live that kind of life, don't you? It's very easy to become entangled in this world and stop running. He wants us to run. What I find in the cross is my message, my peace, my power, my glory, my unity, my humility, my liberty, and my motivation. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for your word.